Hello, my name is Jenny Dilt, and I love grief. Most people give me a really strange look and run the opposite way when they hear that. And there are some who get a little curious and lean in. A few are still totally get it and run in for an embrace. My passion is in accompanying struggling people in their grief journeys as they convert grief into growth. I love guiding them to find long-lasting growth from their experiences without judgment, expectations, or despair. Thank you for taking time to explore my podcast, Converting Grief into Growth, for both the bereaved and those who support them. On this show, my guests and I dive deeply into real-life examples of what converting grief into growth can really look like. Tune in and enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of my podcast, Converting Grief into Growth. I'm your host, Jenny Diltz. My passion is accompanying struggling people in their grief journeys as they convert grief into growth. I love guiding them to find long-lasting growth from their experiences without judgment, expectations, or despair. Now, you're probably thinking, wait, what? You haven't heard from Jenny in almost a year, and she's coming back with a new podcast. What's happening with Share Your Story? Well, I just had a baby, and I'm coming back from maternity leave. So now you may be feeling a little bit confused about this, because chances are you didn't even know I was pregnant. Well, I'll share, I'll share more about that later. Don't worry. Um, and in fact... You'll probably want to stay tuned for that part of the episode anyways, because that's when I will be sharing the process that I used to convert my own grief into growth. Okay, so what's up with the new podcast? Well, while I was away, I did a lot of reflecting. I've decided to streamline everything and make my podcast the main focus of my business. My main mission centers on helping people convert grief into growth. So I wanted to start this new podcast by showing you what it might look like by using my own experiences, particularly with this new little baby. All right, that's great. So what's happening with Share Your Story? Don't worry, you'll still be able to access the previously published stories and insights that you love. Think of converting grief into the... Think of the Converting Grief into Growth podcast like season two of Share Your Story. Going forward, my podcast will be called Converting Grief into Growth for both the bereaved and those who support them. We are going to be honing in on what converting grief into growth can, can look like in real life from many different walks of life. So for the very first episode, you are getting the inside scoop on where I've been, what my personal grief looks like, and how I've used my professional process to convert my personal grief into incredible growth, both personally and professionally. The title for this episode is Converting Grief into Growth, The Journey of a Lifetime. And whether that lifetime is two months, 42 years, or 102 years, chances are grief is a part of it. All of us experience grief at some point in our lives. And so the great question is, what do we do with it? I choose to embrace it and learn everything I can from it, even when it's incredibly difficult and painful. I love grief. Yes, even, be, even when it's incredibly difficult and painful, and you heard that right. 
I love grief. In fact, I just guessed it on another podcast yesterday, and the conversation was all about why I love grief and what makes grief so incredible. Now, you're probably thinking, what, Jenny, you are insane. No one likes grief. Grief sucks. Yep, it does. And there's so much more to grief than that. So what is grief? My definition of grief is the natural and innate reaction to a loss or absence of connection. Let me repeat that. The natural and innate reaction to a loss or absence of connection. And that connection can be to a person who has died, a job, the sense of self, dreams, ideals. The sources of grief are as diverse and numerous as the individual stars in the sky. And like the stars, even though they're all unique, they're all stars. Grief is, grief is both individual and universal. Everyone at some point in their life will experience grief multiple times. Whether that's due to a death, a loss of a job, unmet expectations, or even the loss of a favorite blankie. Whatever the source, we all have encounters with grief. And because grief is also as individual and unique as we are, not everyone's story is exactly the same. Today, I'm going to share my story of converting grief into growth. So how did I get it, even get into grief in the first place? Well, it started about six or seven years ago. My oldest was in fourth grade at the time, and his classmate experienced a death in her life. And I found out about it through the school community, and because our kids were in the same class, I wanted to do something to help. So I signed up to take a meal to this family. And I thought it was just going to be a meal drop-off, just a simple act of kindness to a family in need. Well, that simple act of kindness turned from a five-minute meal drop-off into a three-hour conversation of presence, of connection, of magic. And yes, there was grief. It was painful. It was traumatic. There was vulnerability. As I sat with this mom, whose husband had died very suddenly, only a few days ago, all of the barriers came down. All of the walls came down. And it was just the two of us sitting on the couch. The kids were up in upstairs playing together. And it was just me and this woman, this wife, this mother, in her grief. And that space was so, so sacred. But I didn't realize it then. I just thought I was, it's just what I do. I help people and I listen. There's nothing big to that. There actually is. That conversation was a huge help. Not only to her, but to me. 
But I didn't start right away in the grief field. That didn't catapult me into being a grief worker or a grief coach. It took some time to percolate, about a year or a year and a half. That experience just sat in my subconscious. And it probably wouldn't even gotten to my gotten to that level of percolation. Except my therapist, I was just telling him what went on in my week. And my therapist stopped me. And he said, Jenny, have you ever considered becoming a therapist? And that question was weird to me because I told him everything. Why would he even need to ask me if if he could ask me a question? And when he suggested me becoming a therapist, I dismissed it right away. At that time, I had five kids. My littlest one was only a year old, if that. And the thought of going to grad school to do a master's degree, to become a therapist, because that's what I thought you had to do in order to become a therapist. Logistically, impossible for me. That is not where I needed and wanted to spend my time. I had five little kids. No, that was out of the question for me. So I I brushed it off. And there were roots that went into my subconscious of that little seed. And so I percolated on on it. And subconsciously, that idea grew and grew and grew until a year or a year and a half later, it started sprouting. And I could feel the urgency. I could feel the growth of that desire in me. I could feel a passion starting to develop. I could feel that this was part of my life's mission, was to help others in their grief. And as I felt this growth of this seed, I started to embrace it. And as I started to embrace it, more and more opportunities came to me. The more I heard of people experiencing deaths, the more I heard of people needing support, the more people came to me for comfort when their loved ones died the more I shared my story, my perspective of life, of death, of the continuation of the essence of the person, whether that's in spirit, in memory, in legacy. And so I started I started looking into this more intentionally because there must be something to this for me. So I looked at hospice. I looked at end of life, um, end of life professions like death doula and other opportunities where I could both explore and support people in this end-of-life phase. But it didn't quite 
fit with me. There was something that still felt a little bit off. And then I found a training program called Coaching at End of Life. And this training program seemed like a dream come true. It was so perfect for me. And um, it was perfect because this training program offers coaching at end of life, um, which includes the death and the dying process. It includes grief coaching, and it included life coaching. And this was perfect for me because in my mind, all three of those go together. Grief often comes with death. And when you're working with grief, life is still happening. And so grief and end of life and death, they're all intermingled. So it just made sense to me that I would um, get trained in a program that offered all three. And it was fantastic. And, and the coaching training trainer, Don Eisenhower, was incredible. He still is. And for the first time, I finally felt like I fit in. I met my people. Because before I would tell people about grief and start to talk about death, and I would get the most appalling and shocked looks. (gasps) You can't say that. You can't talk about that. And people would literally, physically step away from me. But in this program, I found my people. Our first, on our very, very first day, Dr. Dunn holds up his, shows us his funeral flag collection. (laughs) And he was so excited about it. And I loved it. I knew from that moment, even even before then, as I was exploring and researching, I knew that I was in the right place. And so on the very first day of class, we introduced ourselves and I said, hi, I'm Jenny and I love death. <laughs> I do. I did. I still do. By the end of the program, my introduction was, hi. I'm Jenny, and I love death. But even more, I love, I love, love, love grief. And so here I am. Um, And I started helping people, working, serving, supporting people as a grief coach. Along the way, I have had opportunities since starting, since sitting with with my friend, whose husband died suddenly, um, since that time, I have helped people process, sit, explore their grief from suicide, from sudden loss, from miscarriages, from so many different sources of grief. And it's been amazing. All of it has been amazing. 
and at the same time, I felt like I didn't fit in. Like I wasn't able to, or I was in the wrong place. Because even though I love grief and I love death, I haven't had a personal experience with a life-shattering death. And so I was thinking, who am I to be helping people with grief when I haven't even experienced grief? Who am I to be helping someone whose mother has died and they're grieving when I haven't lost my mother? So I had to do some really deep soul searching. I was talking to my friend one time, and she's a therapist, and she has built her own practice and business. And so I was just talking with her because I was trying to build my own practice and business. And after hearing her story, and because we hadn't spoken with each other in a long time, I told her my story. And part of the story that I shared with her was that I was in grad school and I got dismissed from my program. And as I told her this story, my artist, my therapist friend actually deals a lot with trauma and she uses art to do that. So I was talking, as I was talking with her and sharing my story of, of being dismissed from my grad program. When I finished, she, she just stopped and she said, that's a loss. And not even a loss, that was a traumatic loss. And in that moment, I learned, oh, oh, I have experienced the loss. I have experienced grief. That means maybe I can do this work. Maybe I can be a grief worker. Maybe I can be a grief coach and help others in their grief. Oh, this is exciting. And I realized, wow, if I hadn't been dismissed from my grad program, I would be in that field. But because I was dismissed from that program, it gave me the opportunity to now be doing what I absolutely love, what I feel passionate about, what I feel called to do, what I feel is part of my life mission. (gasps) Wow. And I started to feel very, very grateful that I got dismissed from my grad program. Even though I was three-fourths of the way finished, I had one semester of internship left. And I was finding myself no longer even, no longer a student, no longer employed because my employment was connected to my grad program 
I found myself completely it felt like my world had exploded but after that conversation with my therapist friend I began to see that experience with gratitude because it set me up to be where I am now And as I was reflecting on my conversation with my therapist friend and the insights that I was having, I realized, oh, I know grief. I'm familiar with grief. Grief has been my companion for the majority of my life. Even as a child, I remember grief. I know grief. I can do this. But I was confused because I thought grief was only the sadness, the heartbreak that comes when a person that you love has died. But that's not true. The truth is, Grief can come from so many different sources. And all of them are individual. My biggest grief is not going to be the same as your biggest grief. And your biggest grief is not going to be the same as mine. But we all experience grief. And as I've reflected on this again and again and again, I've realized, yeah, yeah, I know grief. And I love grief. Still, I love grief. And I can learn so, so, so much from my walks with grief. Grief is one of my best friends. Grief seems familiar to me because I've spent the time to develop a relationship with it. Grief teaches me so many things. Each time grief comes, now I say, before I, uh, before I would say, mm, no, I don't really want to talk with you right now. Go away. And sometimes I still say that. And I also get excited, even when it's hard and yucky and it sucks. Because I know that sooner or later, I'm going to learn some incredible things during my walk with grief. And so... Fast forward a few years, now I'm podcasting, I'm I'm guesting on other people's podcasts, I'm doing speaking gigs, I'm involved with grief, I'm writing articles about grief, I'm coaching clients and helping them convert their grief into growth. And I'm, the end of the year, I'm 
doing my reflection of what went well, what can I change, what can I do better, and I'm all set for ramping up to grow in my business as a grief coach. And then I got some news that I didn't really appreciate. And that was a new baby. So when I first introduced the title of this episode, you may have wondered why I chose the age of two months. If you remember, I mentioned that grief is a part of our lives, whether that's two months, 42 years, or 102. Grief is a part of, of, of our lives for the entire, for our entire life. So why the two months? Two months is how old my baby is now. So where did, where and how does grief fit in with a new baby? Newborns are amazing. Congratulations. I hear, I heard so many times when people I'd find out that I'm pregnant, congratulations, congratulations. Well, it wasn't really a congratulatory thing for me at first. I was grieving. Newborns are so much more than joyous bundles of cuteness overload. They are that too. Newborns are incredibly cute. Babies, I love babies. And there's a lot more to it than that. In fact, that's one of the main reasons why I have been so quiet about this little bundle of joy. It is because of my own grief along the way. You see, I'm not necessarily one to grieve in public, even though grief is one of my best friends. I prefer to have a private walk with grief. I don't like having it be a social gathering. No, I prefer the one-on-one space when I'm learning and walking with grief learning from and walking with grief. So when I was, um, and so when I found out that I was pregnant, <laughs> I, oh, that was the start of a long, long walk, a long climb with my friend grief. And I was not excited to see my friend grief at that point. because I was trying to ramp up in my business. I had all of these plans. I was excited to go all in and support others in grief. And then everything changed. When I first found out I was pregnant, it's a good thing I was super, super sick. Physically, I was sick. I was surprised that I was pregnant. I was really surprised because I wasn't expecting it at all. And the reason I'm saying that it's a good thing that I was super sick is because all I had capacity for at that time was numbness. My I was so sick that I couldn't, I couldn't even move hardly. I was in bed for all day long. 
And so I had no energy for anything else but numbness. I couldn't even process it. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything with this news. Mm, okay. Whatever. I was just so, I was just so depleted physically that that's all I had space for was numbness. You experienced that in your grief? When we first find out, <laughs> whatever. I was like a walking zombie. And that was actually good for me. Because had I tried to process the grief, it would have been super, super chaotic. I would not have had the resources to do that. Because processing grief is a lot of work. It takes time, intention. It's a lot. And I didn't have the resources for that. And that's okay. I just numbed out. Because that's all I had capacity for. But as I feel as I healed physically, I started to process the news. And that's when the grief hit. And it hit hard. All of a sudden I had to focus on this little person back full time into mommyhood. After seven years, I thought, no more grief work for me. All that had to be put on the back burner. Everything I've worked for and developed for the past six years is for nothing because I won't be able to use it in a long time. I had to reset my clock. I, all of my kids were in school and I was excited. Like I said, I was excited to go all in with my business and start ramping up and doing big things with my business. And now I had to wait five more years until I could start to grow it again. And this was the space that I was in for at least half of my pregnancy. And then I learned something and I began to see this pregnancy as a teacher, as an opportunity, as a gift. I began implementing my own process of converting grief into growth. And I've been learning so many valuable lessons from processing my own grief that I can now use with my clients. Because of the skills and the tools I'm using for myself and have been using for myself the whole time, I'm better equipped to guide others in their grief journeys. And I'm also better able to share these tips with others who support the bereaved. So instead of being being instead of being in the place that I was so numb that I couldn't even process this pregnancy, let alone what that meant afterwards, now I'm embracing it with oh with presence with passion with love with i i feel like i honestly feel like a, a kid in a candy store everything is new everything is exciting every moment is is filled with amazing lessons and amazingness and cuteness and i love this little baby in case you can't tell i love this little baby 
and it's it feels like a complete 180 degree turn night and day difference and not only do i love this little baby as as a baby like i get to be this little baby's mom how cool is that but this little baby is also teaching me about grief and my business and grief work is exploding in incredible ways even better than what i could have dreamed even better than before i had this little baby even better than i before i found out about this little baby it's it's it blows my mind every time i think of, about this little one and that he's actually here this little baby that i get to take care of that i get to love who teaches me so many things we get to be a part, a part of each other's lives and it's incredible over and over again i have felt that when i first found out that i was pregnant i kept thinking oh man i i can't I can't do this. I can't I can't do podcasts anymore. I can't do guest speaking anymore. I can't coach clients anymore. I have to put all of that on hold. But now that I see now now I see that it's not that way. It doesn't have to be that way. This baby is helping me. both as a person and as a as a person in 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 all of my roles in all of my jobs my my hats i have so many different hats so many different roles so many different things that i do as a person and this little baby is helping me in all of them i um mentioned that this baby was a surprise and i i didn't share the news with others People kept saying, congratulations, congratulations. Well, well, it it wasn't really a congratulatory event for me. The reasons I was I hesitated to share this news with others was because I was grieving so much. It, it wasn't good news to me. And there were other reasons that I didn't share that I was pregnant. That 42-bit in the in the very beginning, that's how old I am. And as far as anyone who deals with babies goes, is concerned, 42 is old. There's even a term for it. It's called advanced maternity age. And so everybody told me, you're too old. You're too old. You're old. You're old. You're old to be having a baby. Well, that didn't make me feel any better. Thanks a lot, guys. I'm too old to have a baby. This baby isn't shouldn't be here. And I thought I was done having kids. 
that's what I told everybody. Anyways, with five kids, people always ask, are you done? Are you having any more? Well, I thought I was. I thought our family was complete. And now we have this new little one. We're starting all over again. Oh, uh, well, okay. All right. But the thing with pregnancy is um, you can't really hide it forever. Because this baby inside of me was growing bigger and bigger and bigger. And, well, you can't really hide that. And then the baby is born, and you really can't hide that. So, all right, it is what it is. I can't really undo this. I can't go back and change what happened. I don't have a magic time machine. Um, all right, so um, what's next? What do I do with this? And that's the, that's the choice. What do you do with it? What do you do with your grief? Well, I chose to accept it and embrace it and learn and grow and go with it and be open to wherever that led. Um... And still it was hard. It was a hard process. It was a hard journey. People would say, well, at least you have helpers. Well, yeah, theoretically. At least you get the bundles of cuteness. Yeah, theoretically. And it's also very hard. Sometimes people didn't listen. They didn't understand. They wanted to push my grief away or try and take away the pain or say that everything is okay. Everything is fantastic. And that didn't necessarily feel good to me. So I had to find safe spaces. I had to find places where I could talk about my grief where I could explore my grief, where I could sit with my grief. And at times this was pretty lonely. Loneliness is actually one of the most common side effects of grief. While others may have experienced similar losses, no one has lived yours exactly as you have. Our personalities, backgrounds, upbringings, and environments are all individual. So our grief journeys are likewise individual. Our relationships to the people Things and dreams, ideas we lost are also individual, as is our style of grieving. So when you consider all of these factors, you may feel like nobody understands what I'm going through. And you're right. Nobody can understand. No person can understand 
exactly what it's like for you. But you don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay in that space of loneliness of trying to figure out it all on your own. While others may not understand exactly what you're feeling or going through, there are people who can sit with you in your grief. There are always ways that you can create. There are ways, maybe not always, but there are ways that you can create safe spaces for grief. And I know this because I did. I learned some things and I found my safe people, my safe places. And as I've sat with them and my grief, my relationships have improved and strengthened. I've been able to model what it can look like for others. And I've grown even fonder of my grief and this new little one. And furthermore, he's teaching me profound and valuable lessons that help me as a grief coach. Grief is amazing. And it's not, it doesn't have to be something that's feared. It doesn't have to be something that's avoided. Although there are times for that, and that's okay. Now I realize that my story is not your story. And that's what makes grief so amazing. So beautiful, so complex, so tricky, so hard, so heartbreaking. On one level, it's universal. Grief is something that every single one of us has, are, and or will experience at some point. No one ever will pass through life without a grief story. And also because we're all individual, each person's story and journey are different. We've all gone through different traumas, different struggles, different lessons, and we've been raised by different parents. Our personalities are different. There is no one exactly like you. And therefore, while no one can understand perfectly what you're going through and how you feel, our individual our individuality is also what brings intricate beauty into the mosaic, into the mosaic of humanity. And as I've learned through my own experiences how to convert grief into growth, whether that was converting, um, recognizing that, oh, yeah, I can do grief. Whether that was recognizing my... Um, my grad school dismissal as a as a blessing as a gift whether that was accepting oh uh, i guess i'm pregnant now oh, let's see what we can do with this all along the way as i've recognized my grief as I've learned to become aware of it, as I've accepted it, and as I've found appreciation for it, I've begun, I've begun to see patterns. 
And these patterns form the basis of my process of converting grief into growth, both the one that I use for myself and the one that I help that I use to help others convert their grief into growth. The pattern of awareness, acceptance, appreciation. And with these tools and this process, I use it all the time, over and over again for myself, regardless of the loss I'm dealing with, regardless of the grief I'm experiencing. And as I've used those tools, this process in my own life, I've started helping others see and follow these same universal steps so that they too can convert their grief into growth. If this is something you're interested in exploring, go to my website, grievingcoach.com, and subscribe to my email newsletter, where you will receive insights and resources to help you convert your grief into growth. And while you're there, you can also book a one-on-one call to, with me to see how it might look to work together in this journey. Until then, I, until next time, may you find peace. May you find awareness, acceptance, and appreciation for your grief experiences. Thank you so much for listening to the end of the episode. The most important thing I want you to take away from our conversation today is that grief is both universal and highly individual. There are many commonalities between us. We can grieve, we can love, we can grow. And also, no one's story is exactly like yours. Your life is perfectly tailored for you to help you become the best version of yourself. No one can live your life better than you. So live your best life. Grieve, love, grow. There is hope. There is help. You can find happiness.